dating coaches usually date a lot and they get addicted to that. <laughs> and then that's when they get really good at dating, but uh, they kind of lose sight of the goal of dating for most people, which is to find a really stable relationship. And so a lot of those dating coaches were uh, quite lost. Jordan Peterson has called for a need to rediscover the spirit of the father. Many have been inspired to embark on their own hero's journey to set their life in order. But how do we balance order and chaos to live a life of meaning? What does it actually mean to be surrendered to God? And how do we root ourselves to stable ground as we witness the re-enchantment of reality? At Manifesto, we're engaged on a mission to rediscover and understand manhood. And from this foundation to create a dynamic and thriving community. My name's Paul. Welcome to Manifesto. Echil, welcome to Manifesto's YouTube channel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have on. Huh? So uh, we have been having several conversations recently. You were here at Manifesto HQ. What, it's about two months ago now, right? So we had some, some adventures together. Yeah, we met at uh, EMG. Yeah. And then I still had no idea how to actually get in touch with you. And I just thought there's this figure on the stage. He has a good aura. How, how can I talk to him? I think I said, thank you at the end. And I said something, which I'll always remember. I said, you'll hear from me. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. And then I, I thought of ways to get in touch with you. And then you put out an email and another event, which was more intimate and small. And then I came to that and got to know you more personally. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was the biggest, so you were here for this journey to death. What, what was the biggest moment for you that you remember from that event? Uh, could you share? Definitely the first one, which is me arriving and seeing you with your son, picking me up from the station. And I was like, yeah, let's go. I hope I'm not too late. And you said, actually, uh, the other people had to cancel. And so you're the only one. And so that's, the moment that I'll definitely remember because it made me realize, oh, wow, how lucky am I now to be the only one in this program and have basically a personal coaching for the whole weekend with you in your home. Okay. Yeah, great. And yeah, so yeah, my my wife was like getting food ready and everything like that. And, and I couldn't, I, I think she was busy. So I, I took my, my two-year-old son to come pick you up. So you really came in into a, a family family situation there. Um and yeah, it was it was really great to have just just the two of us uh, and uh, and do a lot of had some really really great conversations. Um, so yeah, we we've been talking a little bit about the subject of mentorship, and in a way, uh, you're working a lot as a mentor for men. Uh, you are helping men who are trying to get into the world of dating in Berlin, where you live, which I imagine is a journey into the underworld in many ways, where you are a guide and. Uh, and um, an ally, I guess, for a lot of guys who are trying to find their way there. And it's really exciting hearing your stories, talking about that. Uh, and here in Manifesto, we're about to dive into a conversation uh, for the third principle. We have these 10 principles. And the third principle that we want to update is going to be men need men, which is about the value of having uh, relationships with other men who are on the same path as oneself and being guided towards becoming a better man. And, and that's something we've, we actually believe and have seen as, as vital, uh, essential for, for a man to, to become the best that he can be. Um, and so I, I, what I was really interested in is, I think it was around your 30th birthday that you decided, I need some men that I can learn from. Can you tell us a little bit about like what, what was happening in your life right back then and what, what you led you to that decision? Yeah, I think there was a 10 year backstory that needs to be told here, which is that around the age of 20, I still thought that I was gonna become an academic and I was really taking that seriously. So I was studying hard and always wanted to get to the top and excelled at academics. So I went to some of the best universities in the world. And in that field, I did have some role models and I was quite, supported in a, in a good network of other ambitious students, super accomplished professors. But I realized around 25 that I didn't actually see that for myself. Uh, the life of being an academic and just reading and writing wasn't for me. So I dropped out of university and got into a bit of a crisis and also realized that I hadn't 
develop any social skills throughout my youth because I was in a very shielded academic bubble and also my my parents culture didn't really support me in uh, going out a lot and socializing a lot and so I found myself single at the end of my 20s and without uh, very strong social skills and also quite unsure about what I wanted to do in life mm -hmm. and so of course the first thing that I wanted to figure out was what what do I really want to do and it took me three four years to find that out I went through many different stages art marketing business and at some point I ended up in entrepreneurship and at the age of 30 I think I, I had that sorted out I knew that this was what I wanted to do but I had no idea how to learn that really and that was the time when I started looking for mentors, not just men in general, just in all the areas that I was interested in. I looked for people who were a few steps ahead of me and I found people. And, and when I found the first person, I, I was sold on the idea that this is the best way to learn. I, I went to hackathons a lot back then. And tried yeah, you, to... you were into programming and entrepreneurship, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. at that time, I had no idea of uh, programming. But I knew I had some ideas for apps and websites that I thought the world needed. So uh -huh. some, some guy at some point at a, a hostel, he dragged me along to a hackathon. I had no idea what I should do at a hackathon because I clearly didn't identify as a hacker. But he said, <laughs> you can just go on stage and, and tell people about your idea and you'll find someone who can program it. So uh -huh. I said, let's do that. And so I found people like that who programmed the ideas that I brought. And of course, I ended up looking over their shoulders and seeing how they did it. And that way, I found one of my very first mentors. Uh, he was just a, a genius at programming and taught me how to do it myself because I didn't want to rely on those people all the time. I had ideas that were sometimes too crazy. So no one believed in me and no one thought that this was uh, going to work. So I had to learn how to do it myself. But those were my first mentoring experiences. And then also, I used the same uh, method in social skills. I thought, I want to get better at dating. I want to actually find a, a really compatible partner. And I have no idea how to learn that. On the internet, there are lots of confusing, contradictory views and very uh, toxic material as well. How can I find my way through it? And so I found a few people that I trusted and found ways to get in touch with them and learn from them. Mm -hmm. Great. One of the things I remember you told me a bit about your kind of the, the men that you found or the people that you found in the academic community. Uh, and there was something about that, like you didn't really appreciate the way they lived their lives. You didn't feel like it was something that you felt that, that you actually wanted to emulate. Like if you, if you learn from these people, you know, you kind of get the whole package, right? You get like academic skills, but you also get to learn a part of this person. It's hard to separate these things out. Um, and then, and then it sounds like there's been more and more, like there was at some stage, there was a shift where you realized like, no, I really do need like a life mentor. Uh, and I can find people who can give me life mentorship. Um, what, what was, what was that change that happened there? Yeah. So for the academic mentors, there was a shift when one of them actually kind of took me under his wings and said, hey, you, you seem to be ambitious. You seem to really want to do this. Let me show you a bit about my life and, and what it means to be an academic. So I remember exactly he, he had these office hours and I was sitting in his chair and he, he talked to me about what I wanted from life. And at one point he said, yeah, if this is what you want. And he showed me his office. He just pointed towards his office. If this is what you want, then you're on the right path. And then I looked at that. And, you know, the funny thing is he actually had another alternative in mind, um, which was for me to go into the corporate world and make a lot more money and have a, a much more fancy office, right? That was his doubt, whether I wanted a modest office like this or whether I wanted to have a skyscraper. And, and so in a way, it triggered that thought that, yeah, this is not exactly what I want. It's not like I need the skyscraper, but I don't like that way of living of just sitting in this in this ivory tower and uh, reading and writing about all the problems in the world, but having a very unclearly defined impact on the world. So that's when when I when I started also realizing how important it is to have mentors who who show you a bit of the inside and not just the facade. And so to him him taking me into his life, also some professors inviting me home to their families sometimes having dinner with me 
as a grad student uh, in the US at least, you get these kind of perks. That was important for me to get uh, the real backstory of what it means to be an academic. And um, that, that put me off a bit. And so I, I dropped out of that and started looking for other mentors. And there it was quite hard to find people. And I'm still in the process of finding more mentors. Good thing about mentors is you, you can't really have enough of them and you can break up with them anytime. <laughs> it's not like it's an exclusive relationship. And so I, I always am open to, to people who have something that I want to have. And it's not so much material, but more like a certain life uh, skill. And then I say, hey, I'll just try to find ways to be in touch with that person. I've also worked in a university for some time. I, I spent probably about three years while I was studying at Copenhagen University. Then I, I worked at the Institute for Political Science as well. And I got to say, it became very, very clear to me that this is not a place where I would have built my future career. It was, unfortunately, a lot of it was like these small little empires of men, people building their own little um, kind of trying to build up their own followings and warring against each other and, and very, you know, kind of, I don't know, it seems to me the whole academic community has, has disconnected itself from reality and from normal people and is floating off uh, on ever more abstract uh, ideas that uh, are kind of internal theories of being developed uh, and moving further and further away from what's actually needed uh, for our society so yeah it's it's a it's concerning and it's interesting to see what's going to take its place because you know we've been relying on universities for at least the last 800 years to be the center of knowledge production for our societies and that they're not doing that anymore. Now we're increasingly, you know, it's like there's a crazy wild west out on YouTube and and all, all over the internet. I think the whole Jordan Peterson crowd has been interesting uh, in, in filling some of that gap as well. Um, but yeah, if we have to plug back into your journey there, um, is it too early to go into that? Uh, the first time when we saw each other, that was at Mansign uh, down in Berlin. Uh, what, what was it that led you there? Or is there, is there a bit more of a, the story we need before, you, before we jump in there? I would say, let's talk a little bit about other mentors that I've found before. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were often people that I had found on the internet or even authors. Because at that point, when I was still struggling a bit to find out what I really wanted to do, I didn't feel like I could really afford to come to a paid program even like a conference ticket would be, oh no, I don't need that. I mean, I need to find, figure out my finances first. And I think that's the situation that also a lot of young men have, and, and especially students, they will never really pay for anything. Mm -hmm. And so I thought the same way. And I read some, uh, some ancient literature as well that supported my belief that you don't need to know your mentors. Uh, I think it was uh, Cicero or someone like that who had some kind of... Uh, a quote where he said he has thousands of mentors all the books and all the authors that he reads it, it, those people become his mentors and I had that attitude for a long time and so I had a podcast that I was listening books and youtubers as well and thought all these people are my mentors and I had a big note of all the lessons that I took away from listening to those people which was a way to engage with them a bit more but uh, it, it got me to a point where I felt like I, I grew but I wasn't growing fast enough and I was hitting some plateaus in my personal development. And so and at the age of 30, that's another shift that happened. I said, okay, I do have some money now. I have my first software engineering job because with the help of these hackathons and those mentors, I learned how to code and had, had some income. And then I actually spent quite a substantial percentage of that income on seeking out mentors. Because the cool thing is many people that offer information and uh, write or speak online, they also have a paid pro program. They are often coaches or uh, offering that in some informal or even formal way. So I started seeking those opportunities out, going to events and also going to uh, some coaches who were doing these kind of very expensive like programs where you came to London for a weekend. And I especially thought sought out mentors that I thought had something that I was lacking. For example, I was a bit of a nice guy I was pretty soft and not yet very able to stand up for myself. So I sought out a mentor who was also a dating coach, but he had a, a very aggressive and very edgy character. And it was much more than I could ever imagine for myself. But I knew that was the direction I had to move in. And 
funnily enough, he kicked me out of his uh, boot camp and uh, basically told me to leave at the end uh, because I think he didn't like me. And, and that was an, another clear sign for me that, uh, yeah, this was a, a character that I don't really identify with, but I want to move a bit more in that direction. And so I followed those instincts back then. Yeah, that's really interesting, Lil, like getting to know someone personally, getting in close to them and, and understanding like what is it that drives this person? What is it that gets them? Um, I've definitely had some people who've inspired me very much online. And then getting to know that person has just really given me like what's underneath the hood? Uh, what what's makes this person tick? Uh, for some years, I, I invited people to Copenhagen and got them. I, I just invited them. I, I would say, I'd organize a workshop for you. Come and stay at my home. And so I had all these like big, well-known well international teachers um, who came to Denmark and then lived with me. And, and, I, and I, I, I did some events with them. But then I got to see like all of the drama and chaos and whatever that they don't talk about on social media and Facebook. And that probably saved me a lot of time that I could have wasted by being like you know there's this halo effect sometime and some people are very good at putting out a public persona right yeah uh, so that's it, helped me a lot of an experience i also had where i got uh, a reference to a dating coach and he was still very unknown and he basically said here's the price if i come to berlin and uh it was quite expensive it was like four thousand or something and then he said but if if I can crash at your place, then it's just 2,500. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's amazing. Come sleep on my mattress. Yeah. And I thought I could get a lot more out of it, which was also the case. But then I also got a lot more drama because that personality was hard to handle, actually. But that's also one important insight. When, when coaches are still or mentors are still not very well known, you can often get amazing deals because they have more time and uh, can give you more proximity at that early stage in their career. And then for me, I don't know, does this make sense for you as well? I, there was a movement very much towards looking at the whole person and looking at their life holistically as well. And, and noticing that a lot of the people that I was initially drawn to were edgy, sometimes had this like, you know, very fiery personalities. But then I noticed like, okay, there's this constant chaos. And so I've been more looking for like, okay, what, what kind of this life does one want to build over the long term? And, and can one build something that actually like, you know, can can amount to something uh, really. And, and so then like stability uh, and, and um, some, some of the characteristics that maybe I'd kind of, you know, grown up with and appreciated a lot from my childhood, but, but hadn't been valuing much as a, as a younger, you know, as, as I got into my thirties, then I, I started realizing, and it sounds like you've been a little bit on that same journey as well, maybe of, of maybe consolidating, integrating. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's even more pronounced in the dating world because dating coaches usually date a lot and they get addicted to that. <laughs> and then that's when they get really good at dating, but uh, they kind of lose sight of the goal of dating for most people, which is to find a really stable relationship. And so a lot of those dating coaches were uh, quite lost and uh, that, that, that chaos, it, it was hard to figure out a way to, for myself, become a dating coach without having this constant uh, change in, in dating partners and have a real relationship myself. And so that's why I had to discard many of those mentors, but still, they gave me a lot. They, they taught me a lot, uh, except that I, need to, I needed to use all that material that they gave me and discard the stuff that they were uh, clearly not getting right. That makes a lot of sense. And it seems like, I mean, so I only have secondhand knowledge of the world of dating and pickup and all of these kinds of things. But I, I know that some of the really big names uh, that have really taken up a lot of space and even some of the very guys who've been like incredibly uh, promiscuous and like, you know, just call, there's this guy, Roosh, who's done like bang this country, bang that country. And now he's like converted to Orthodox Christianity and has like totally taken another path as well and a lot of them these guys marry and settle down as well and and so i i guess for a lot of people and maybe i can see this was an issue in my life as well is that there was this idea that you know my value as a man was found in women being attracted to me and there was a, a strange focus on quantity more than quality and variation more than you know like instead of looking for the one diamond or the pearl in the field that you could you know see all the value in then you wanted lots of of it and and i get and then some guys just get lost there right and then they never get to move on they, they never get to get over but for me it was very clear 
there was a woman who said to me when I started that journey, she said to me like, oh, this, this is just a lack of self-confidence that you're doing this polyamory stuff and all that kind of stuff. I was like, no, it's not poly. It's not, no, no, no. You're just trying to, you have this weird idea that you want to own people because you love them or something like that. That was what I said, right? Or I believed. And now I realized like, oh yeah, it, she was right. She was spot on. It was, it was a lack of self-confidence that was, that was driving that. It was, a, it was this a thought that, or some weird idea that my value as a man was to be found in like a, a certain number of women who would go to bed with me or something like that, right? Which is just a, a strange idea. Such an interesting thought there because I also see a lot of parallels between people who get drawn to a pickup artistry and people who get drawn into polyamory, uh, even though the polyamory scene seems to be more transparent and more focused on honesty. They kind of put labels on many of the same motives that drive people into pickup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a similarities, but yeah, definitely honesty, transparency in polyamory is, is, is bigger. I, I think polyamory is just, there's a greater denial of human nature about what we are. There's this, you know, you, it's a fantasy world that, that human beings can exist there. And unfortunately, you know, I think many people have to experience it to realize it. Um, I know some people who've been living in a polyamorous relationship for years um, and, and they make it work. I think it's very time consuming. It's very energy consuming. It limits your ambition everywhere else in your life. And I also think that you will always be missing out on a, a depth of intimacy with your partner because there's always a large amount of your energy, which is going to be aimed at other people and the same thing with them as well. And you're never going to know, like, is someone else going to suddenly be more interesting? So you, you can't completely relax in that relationship. So what, what I've really appreciated, and I've been married now for three years, uh, is, is just how much there's a, there was this program that's been running in the background all the time about like, you know, my relationship to women. And now I just have this complete security and certainty and stability that like, that's, that's taken care of, you know, if there's a problem with my sexuality, my sex life, and I think like there's something could be better then it's a mutual interest that I can talk with my wife about. Right. Uh, and so we, we're working on it together. So I don't need to battle for that for myself anymore. Yeah. And that was the, one of the main motivations for me as well, to get this part of my life handled so that I could finally free up all these resources to actually produce something else, something bigger, and something that was not just about me finding a partner. Uh, I wanted to, of course, leave something bigger for the world that can help a lot of other people as well. And then it turned out that the thing that I want to leave is helping other people get through this process faster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. And I, and I think there's a real need for dating that can point beyond itself, <laughs> like dating coaching that doesn't just point towards a life of dating, but actually you, you, you have a, a greater vision in, in mind. And I, and I think that for, um, I think that it would make a far more attractive man who's who, for someone, you know, it's, it's probably better dating advice to be the kind of guy who's actually looking to create a life of meaning and purpose and direction instead of looking for a guy who's just trying to fulfill his insecurities by picking up another girl this weekend. Um, yes. You touch on a really important point here, which is in a way manifesto and my dating coaching are quite congruent and a lot of the things that I learn at Manifesto I apply directly. I teach my clients to develop more uh, sense of purpose and uh, just take their own goals seriously because it turns out the things that make you as a man very successful and fulfilled are also the things that make you attractive on the dating market. It's, it's beautifully arranged by nature I think that what makes you a happy man makes you an attractive man. And so it, it's just a, the, the entry, the doorway is a bit different. In my case, I, I, I kind of catch people where they have a real acute problem, which is the, the clear lack of dating opportunities. And then it's almost like a Trojan horse where I show them, yeah, I can solve this problem for you, but hey, you'll have to work a lot on yourself. And it's going to take some work, but you have to get people in where they're feeling the pain, right? And where they, where they have a need. Uh, there's this thing about that I, that makes sense. I think it's like you you have to sell people what they want, but then you give them what they need. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the time, people don't know what they need; they know what they want. <laughs> and so it's it's the it is that sometimes the superficial needs that uh, or superficial desires 
um, and then and then there's a deeper need that's far more fulfilling, uh, and and it's and it's it, it takes a lot of it takes energy and it takes um, depth of of being, and it's not always as commercially productive, I guess, to to give people that. But I think it's how you build a long term life that's far more meaningful in depth and depth and a business that's far more successful in the long term, because it means yeah. you're really creating value in people's lives, as opposed to just you know, fulfilling their impulsive desires of what they're looking for right now, right? And that ties in really nicely with the topic of mentorship because mm -hmm. you could live a life without mentors and have all the information. This is all for free. You can check out all the information, but it's only going to show you what you think you need. And that is going to link to what you want currently. And uh, the things that you need, but you don't know that you really need them those you're gonna get from mentors because they're invested and they're gonna force you sometimes to do stuff that you don't even think you need or want but you need to be bought in for that so for example me showing up at your house is a way of locking in and saying i'm just gonna do what this guy tells me even if it doesn't make sense in that moment because i trust him and i'm bought in and i paid money and i've spent some time and now let's just do it yeah Yeah, and there's a bit of a negotiation in that, of course, right? And like, I'm, I'm playing. I mean, like, I also told you you had to like learn the Russian alphabet the first night you arrived. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that was interesting. Um, but, but yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's a thing of getting to know each other, um, and 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 it is through that that human interaction, the human relationship uh, of 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 learning where where you were two fully equal human beings. And then there's, you know, in some areas, one person has 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 some relationship, some experience, and some wisdom, uh, and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, Achille, let's talk about men's work, uh, and 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 you coming to this this conference because, like, you, I guess, if you, when it talks about dating, then it's very natural that like men talk to men about dating because there's a male perspective that men get, and we can of course have conversations with women about that as well. But, but there's something about that we just understand each other as men in that field as well. And then I guess men's work is, is built a little bit on that same principle, but then that there's this whole field of, of life and relating. You know, obviously we can look at life as a human being and that's incredibly relevant. And there's the vast majority of life we share with women as well. But then there's also a lot of very specific challenges and barriers that we face in life and aspects of our identity, which are connected to being a man. So how was it coming to Mansign uh, last year? Yeah. I guess, I guess the main drive was just curiosity. And there was a, a lurking question inside of me, which was also explicitly the question posed on the websites of all these men's work organizations, which is what does it mean today to be a man? What does masculinity really mean? And I remember my earliest conversations also with my girlfriend about this, and it was clear that that was an explosive question. And it was clear that, that a lot of women that I talked to about this, they had no way to actually have a conversation about this. So I felt drawn to it. And I came to Mansign. That was um, a smaller conference, just like a, a day conference across two days on the weekend. And I saw a few speakers that really blew my mind. I saw Dietmar Betz on stage and I thought, wow, this, this is the kind of mentor that I would like to have someday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was still in the phase of figuring out how to have mentors. So I had no idea how to do that, but I had heard that you can actually go and talk to people after they come off the stage, right? That was one of the tips I had gotten from YouTube. So I tried that, but he was already surrounded by people and he left yeah. quickly. Yeah, Dietmar Betz is a urologist, doctor, uh, works with men and is really looking at he one of the things that really hit me the most about what he says is that like something like 80 of his patients there's nothing physically wrong with them it's it's up here and it's very much then in their relationships as well and so he's working uh, and he's now got approval from an insurance company that he can actually run men's groups <laughs> with men who are looking at their lives holistically instead of just uh, from a kind of biological medical perspective which he sees as you know has value but is is lim is not addressing the challenges that men are seeing are facing actually in western europe and i think it's very exciting what he's doing he's also a member on manifesto core uh, where where you are as well so uh, it's a privilege to have him in our network 
I had no idea about that when I saw him, but I was intrigued and I could relate to the topics that he was discussing. I had seen it in my own body that uh, my uh, insufficiencies and as I'm, I was getting older, I felt uh, more physical stress and I was seeing the health effects of that. So I could really see that psychosomatic side of, of things. And I'd also seen it in my own clients. So I was drawn in and I just thought, what are other events that are going on? And I, I found uh, the EMG. And I found it actually a few months before going to Manzain, but it popped up again during Manzain because there was a delegation of uh, manifesto people at Manzain. And so they reminded me that, yeah, there was this other organization. And so I signed up for the EMG. And uh, funnily enough, the first day I arrived at EMG, I went on the football court to play a match with some people who had arrived early and suddenly did my bets walks onto the pitch <laughs> and joins my team and I shake hands with him and I'm like yeah this worked out <laughs> that was a nice synchronistic uh, thing oh, that's uh, no, yeah like he also led the smaller group that uh, then went through the whole weekend yeah. so I got yeah, to yeah. so we have core teams at the EMG and then you were placed in a group with Dietmar as as your coach where and you were thinking like this is the guy I want to have my, as my mentor but he was inaccessible at that conference and yeah. suddenly I had him as my de facto group therapy leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the, yeah. The story repeated because uh, at that event, I, I saw you for the first time and I thought, wow, I, I also would like to have this guy as a mentor. Let's see how I can make that happen. But I was too nervous to really uh, talk to you. And uh, yeah, I, I still had a, a bit of fear of authority as well. And uh, so I, I didn't know how to get in touch. And whenever I talked to you, I think I was nervous and didn't get the right words. And so that was good that I stayed in touch and, and saw the newsletter and saw that you had another smaller event and I was sold immediately. Great. So I'm, I think you're touching on something really important here because we've been asking all the men on core uh, over the last two weeks, uh, who are your mentors and what do they mentor you in? And actually most men, they say like, I don't have any mentors. I don't really know. Or like, yeah, I have these guys that are my mentors. They just, we've never made it explicit. They've never agreed on it. That's probably the, at least 50% of the guys. It's like they, 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 they kind of have mentors, but I asked them like, does this person know that they're your mentor? Then they, they say, well, no, like it's, it's kind of, they, they would find it kind of weird. And so I asked guys like, well, what would it be like if someone came up to you and asked you, hey, would you mentor me in this area that you have experience and knowledge and wisdom? And, and life, you know, that you can impart to me. And they'll be like, wow, I'd be so, you know, complimented. I would so much appreciate it, right? Uh, and, and yet still there's this fear of, of asking somebody like, hey, would, would you mentor me in that, in that area? So it's something that we're really, so th there's a fear of it. It's, it's, it's somehow been suppressed in the culture. I think for 50 years ago, or at least 100 years ago, it was very, very normal for, for men to, to ask would you mentor me in, in, you know, whatever it is that I'm looking to, to become more proficient and ma to master yeah. in my life. So I think it's great Achille, hearing your story, just how, how focused you've been and, and how much you've decided, like, this is something I want to do. And then you've gone after it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I wonder what, what would you say has been the main like results from, from, from what you've been doing from the from you pursuing mentorship in, the, in that way since you made that decision incredible growth i'm a different person now than i was a year ago and people also mirror that back to me and it's fun because even my clients that i take on a two to six months journey they get to know me and then through midway through the program they they tell me hey you're a different person you you have grown so much because Every time I coach someone, I, of course, also do the exercise myself. And uh, learning how to coach is something that I couldn't have done without mentors. And I found someone who already had a successful coaching business in the fitness industry. And uh, that's the guy I'm working with right now. And I'm in his office right now. This is the, my office now. And he's also uh, uh, yeah, involved in my business, working one day a week. So it turned from mentor into collaborator because he saw the promise. And I just wouldn't have learned that fast without mentors. So with you, it's the same. I, I mean, I have some very specific challenges in my life that only people understand that do something similar and have gone through a similar path and are a few steps ahead of me. 
And so I, I can get this unique information from you that I can't find anywhere. I think for me, like when I, so I've, I've followed a very similar strategy in my life and I've learned so much. If I look at the things that I've come from in fairly short times, it's really a way of leapfrogging. Um, it's because the people that you spend time with, that you associate with, they, that really determines who you become and in which direction you move. And when you're able to reach out towards people that really inspire and you see have qualities that you know can help you, it's amazing how people are so open to that and, and willing to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's far more important. You know, sometimes it takes money. Sometimes it takes an effort of, of energy and, and, and putting time to you know, help solve that person. Um, but you, but I, I, and then my, my feeling is exactly this is that I, I often go from, from being mentored by that person to become a collaborator with that person. And then many times I end up actually leading that person <laughs> because I've, as, as, as their mentee, I've kind of been serving them and help, you know, trying to add value to their life. And that becomes so valuable for them that I actually, they end up following me because I'm the, I'm the one who's kind of showing the way, right? And I, I think that's the way that manifesto has actually been built in many ways. Yeah, I think that's also an important point that if you don't have money in the beginning, you can help your mentor in many other ways. And the story that comes to my mind is my mentor in the fitness area. It's a guy that comes to the gym every single morning at 5.30. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy to find him if you can get up that early and then it's also quite easy to help him because he's lifting very heavy weights and if he wants to get to the next level he needs someone to spot him and so I'm that guy who is there every morning he can rely on me to be there and uh, then I get all the insights on how to train well and and that, that's always an option I think also at Manzine and Manifesto I met people who just got really involved in the organization and there's tons of stuff to do when you throw an event like that it's very easy <laughs> find a way to help and and get proximity in exchange yeah 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 exactly yeah great yeah so that, yeah so that's why and, and 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 so in our conversation about mentorship we're looking at these three levels you know there's the being being a mentee uh, of of learning to receive and and it, it takes a little bit of humility sometimes but humility is the path to growth if you think you got it all figured out then you're actually stopping yourself from learning Wherein, you know, with every single person that comes into Manifesto, I just assume I have something to learn from this guy. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, no matter who he is, and when, when, I put, when I'm able to put him above me, that's when I actually can help him the most possible. And also I can get the most value out of the relationship with him. And then there's, there's an ability, then it's also important to have these eye to eye level conversations. And there needs to be that element, I think, of seeing each other as equally valuable. Um, and, and that's about brotherhood. It's about being men who are working towards the same goal together and have different roles, different talents, different abilities that we can contribute with and call each other to a higher standard. I think that's another thing that brothers can really do for each other is that we, we support each other in giving our best. And, and then the last is, is and I, I think those two are need to be important. The more we do those, then we're going to find ourselves naturally taking on the mentoring relationship for other people as well, where, where as we learn the master the other two, and they will, those two will continue all the time. You know, the moment you stop being a mentee, <coughs> that's when you're probably going to start being a bad mentor as well. Um, but if we're, if we're able to do both, then uh, it's good. I think and also then, yeah. requisite, prerequisite for finding the right mentors is having a, a challenging mission and a clearly defined mission. And that's what helped me a lot finding mentors because I, I had crushingly difficult challenges in front of me mm -hmm. and I had no idea how to do it and so my attention my reticular activation system my my everything was looking for solutions everywhere so I go to this conference and I ignore everything that's not helpful for this challenge at hand and then you you find those people and you have to try maybe a hundred times before one of those actually becomes your mentor but you're going to keep trying because you know this is what you need to solve I think that's one of the main barriers that also keeps people from having mentors is that they don't have their clearly defined challenge and it's not big enough also so that yeah. it doesn't push you to go through all the rejection and then go through all these events and talk to hundreds of people before you find the ones that actually have time and have the skills that you need right now. That's a really, really good point, Achil. And I think it's also a large part of the reason that you can grow in that way. And then for any man who doesn't have that clear life purpose direction, the way to do it is just that is your life purpose and direction then is to find other men that have it and spend time with them. 
because the men who have it, they will insist on you finding yours as well. Um, and, and they'll make life, you, you will feel uncomfortable because you'll be able to see that these men have something that you're lacking. And, and so you'll, you, you'll be forced to think about your life in, in a deep way. And they'll ask you the questions that will get you to move that way. And so that's, I think that's probably one of the most central things that manifesto is built around as well, is that, you know, it's like, we're, we're really pushing men to think very seriously about their life at a holistic level, as in like, what is their vision of where it is that they're headed and, and what do they want to create uh, in, in the world? And, and, and I, I think it's, it's great to see when a man has that, just how quickly he can grow when he's put in the right con conditions as well. So, yeah. Do you want to say anything more about, about how you found that or where, where that came from from you? I, I think you've always had a clear idea of it, right? Mm, pretty early on, I, I had this feeling that the universe was talking to me and sending me signals. And it, it changed a lot, I have to say. In, in the beginning, I thought I should be an academic. Then I switched into filmmaking and art. And uh, then in the end, it became entrepreneurship. But when I when I stopped and think thought about uh, what I should do, I always had some signals that were were clearly in front of me that were pointing me in a certain direction, and and I started that process around 22, so pretty late. But I remember I took a summer off and just said I want to think about what I want to do in my life, and I sat down in an apartment in India, very cheap, and just started writing and I put a big notes and started writing everything that I knew and had experienced and thought that I could maybe contribute to the world and there were like 20 ideas so I just prioritized them and went through it one by one uh, everything was on there entrepreneurship was on there but maybe position five because I knew that was the one of the harder things to do the first one was uh, I guess uh, furniture design yeah I thought I should maybe just start designing some cool furniture I, I liked furniture and so I went through that list and uh, most things just didn't work and some things worked, but they didn't lead to where I wanted to be. And then the fifth thing worked and made me happy. And then that was it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I often use this, the example of the Lord of the Rings. I, I love that book. I think it's a fantastic story. Um, I haven't watched the Amazon version yet. So I, I think I should, I think I'm going to watch it. I, I've had mixed reports about it. Um, but what I just noticed about the characters and the persons in there is that they know exactly what they need to do and what they need to do is actually more important than their own life. And they don't actually know with certainty if they're going to succeed or fail, but they know that this is the role that they have. And there's no doubt in their mind that they have to give it everything that they have to move forward. And, and I think especially like Aragorn and Gandalf, like just listening to these people and the way that they're embedded in a grand, grand narrative and they know which way to move forward. Uh, that's, that's impressive. And I think that for me, part of this has been accepting and understanding where it is that I come from as a human being and understanding my story and not being, I spent probably up until my thirties running away from where I came from <laughs> and including my national identity, my parents' uh, ideas of, uh, of the life of life and the universe and everything about it. And so coming back and understanding, integrating, accepting. And in some cases also there's really a need for transcending, you know, like I needed to build, build on my parents' understanding of who, who we were and why we were here as well. But I, I couldn't, I, being in rebellion to it just turned me into a teenager that was fighting with demons in his own imagination really. And I could only start finding my my purpose, my direction, when I had actually, when I had accepted who, I, who it was that I was and where I came from, because, you know, until I really understood where it was I was coming from, then there was no way I could understand where I was going. That's, that's, there's a real truth to that somehow, I think. And so, so like, you know, meeting, learning to, instead of seeing my parents up there as like these authority figures that I was either rebelling against or submitting to, I had to start meeting them just as human beings and, and seeing, you know, talking to my, both my father and my mother, at, a, at an eye to eye level and, and, and understanding them as people who I share a lot with, <laughs> who, who gave me everything that I have in the first many years of my life, everything that I was able to learn and gain came from them, right? And the good stuff and the bad, right? And, and, and they were doing the best that they could with the resources that we, they had. And they, they lived in a different time and there was different, there was tough challenges back then, you know, like 
they, they're from the fifties. Like that, that was a, that was a tough time. Um, so, so it's like, I don't fully understand and grasp and appreciate what they've been through, but, but, um, but there's, there's some, when, when I spend time listening to their stories and, and trying to understand how they've got to where they are today, I think that's, that's been a real powerful key for me in understanding where I'm supposed to go myself as well. It's a really interesting thought because also it makes me wonder in how far your parents can act as mentors. And in my case, the, the clear gut feeling is no way. <laughs> but in, the, in a way, they are your, your earliest mentors. Right? You can't deny that they have a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. And, and the funny thing is when you have kids yourself, your automatic reaction is even the things that you hated your parents do, you, 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 you do the same thing. And then sometimes you decide to change. But actually, I, I, there's so many aspects where I've, I've come to resemble my parents in, in, in the way that I raise my sons and the way that I live my life. And then I, when you, I mean, I don't, I've tried asking my dad for concrete advice about challenges I face in my life. And I, I, I find that that still doesn't work for me in the same way I can with other mentors as well. He doesn't have the nuanced, detailed insight into specific areas that, that I'm always looking at now. And I, I feel, yeah, so, but I, I do still share my stories with him and my challenges with him. And, and he's, he's a good listener. He's a very good listener. And, and I, I really think that's good that, he, that my parents, and, and so I try to listen to him and listen to his stories as much as I can. And that's where I feel, I, I feel like I'm, I'm mentored more by his stories than bias, like explicit advice giving or something like that. Yeah, I think it just helps you understand yourself better. It's the first principle we had, know thyself. And uh, you, you can only know yourself if you know your roots as well. And for me, that was also an important step. Um, it was actually something you gave me. You had these insights and you told me, yeah, you should spend some more time with your family and get to know them on eye level. So I, I went and talked to my mother and my father one-on-one -on -one and I was particularly interested about their dating journey because that's something you only talk uh, with friends about yeah. that you're on eye level. So uh, that was important for me to understand why I was struggling in my youth with this dating problem and clearly has to do with my family and yeah. the yeah. Indian side and, and even the German side, they had some specific challenges in that area. And knowing that you can understand much better why I struggled and why many other people struggle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it opened up this totally new world for me when I asked my dad, like, who was your first girlfriend? <laughs> what was that like? How did you meet mom? Like, what was the, when did you see her for the first time? Um, and like, how did their story develop in, in, in their relationship, right? Like you just see them from a, a very different angle as well. And I think especially your story is fascinating, Achille, because you're, you know, it's like two civilizations that 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 are meeting in your in your life, and you're carrying those two civilizations with you, yeah. in a way. And you have to balance them. You have to find that way. And your parents have been balancing those that that, that thing for in their way, and, and found a very successful way of doing it. Right? It's 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 quite something to to manage because it's a very very different two different perspectives on it on reality, really. Right? And so, understanding how they're doing it can help you to understand how you're going to carry that forward into the future. Yeah, good. Um, this has been uh, super valuable, Achille. Um, I'm trying to think of like, what's the, what, what, where, do we, where do we finish? How do we tie knots around, around the conversation um, to, to bring this all up to a close? What are, what are we missing to put a little raisin on the end? Maybe um, kind of the practical advice and an important mindset to have when you're looking for mentors yeah you don't need to aim super high you can just look around yourself and make a list of things that you want to get better at and just look who in your current network is better than you at that <laughs> you'll find people it doesn't have to be the ceo of a big company if you're just starting out you can just talk to the to the guy at the corner store and he, he will show you how to start a business. He's been doing that. And so it's quite easy to uh, get your first mentors and take it one step at a time. Uh, you don't need to jump levels, right? You can get mentored to a certain level. And then once you're there, you can find the next mentor for the next level. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I think that's great. And yeah, it's, it's, it takes a, it just a little bit of humility. And then I, I think we really need to get better at just making that question explicit, saying like, hey, 
I just be having this conversation or I listen to this talk about mentorship and I realized like I need to learn about this specific area. And I've noticed you've done that. You know something about it. <laughs> I would like to learn about it. Would you spend some time? And I think there's very few people in the world who would who wouldn't feel like, wow, that's fantastic. Someone noticed that I'm good at something and, and they want to learn from me. Um, and, and I think it's, uh, yeah, so I, I think making that an explicit uh, agreement with people. Um, I've had hundreds of mentors over the last 10 years, hundreds. When I moved to this place that I, this farm that I just bought, then I asked the previous owner, hey, would you mentor me? Uh, you were a business owner living in this little town in the middle of Denmark, out in the countryside. And now I'm buying your place and I'm going to be starting my own business. And so we've had, we had like five meetings, I think, and it was incredibly valuable. I got so much value from the conversation with this guy. And, you know, we haven't spoken to each other for nine months now or something like that. Maybe we'll talk again sometime, but it's just been, it's so good to, to explicitly ask people and people are so willing to help. They're really, really willing to help. Um, so yeah, anything that one wants to achieve in life, relationships, career, finances, um, I think there's, there's people around you who, who can help you with that. Yeah, and that's, those are the kind of relationships you want to engage in. Good. Thank you, Achille. That was fantastic. I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. And um, I have an idea we're going to have some more conversations uh, in the future. So uh, yeah, people can keep an eye out for that. Um, and if they want to meet you, then we're on Manifesto Core, both you and me. Maybe just talk a little bit about what are you doing on Manifesto Core? Uh, in, in the group that you're on there. Uh, if you don't mind finishing off that with a little plug, then that would be, uh, I think that would be useful. Yeah, I joined uh, Manifesto Core after EMG and I'm now in a core team with around five, six other men. And we have a call every week and we know each other. Oops, we know each, we, we get to know each other more and more uh, through these calls and also actually do a daily buddy call with one of the people from that group where we update each other on how our day went. And that's actually really useful because, you know, I have a lot of habits that I'm trying to establish, but I'm not yet very good at pulling through. And so I have someone to report to every day about how it went. And then at the end of the week, we talk about something uh, more abstract, something more general in a group, and also make sure that everyone is on track of reaching their own personal goals. So that is an invaluable network that I'm having access now, thanks to Manifesto. Thanks very much, Ahil. Greatly appreciate it. Okay. You've been listening to Conversations on Masculinity with Manifesto. We enjoy good discussions, but far more importantly, we are a real community with plenty of opportunities for you to engage online and in person. So check out our website on manifesto.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed the content here, then please share this podcast with a friend. Thanks.